You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ریڈیو رمضان 87.7 ایف ایم پہ پروگرام ریفلیکشنز لے کے آپ کا ہوسٹ زبیر اکرم اپنے مہمان شیخ رضوان محمد کے ساتھ آپ کی خدمت میں ایک دفعہ پھر حاضر ریفلیکشنز ود شیخ رضوان محمد پیپل ہو آر لسٹنگ ٹو دس پروگرام الحمد للہ وی ہیو آلموسٹ کورڈ ٹو تھرڈز آف or slightly more of Surah Anbiya, <coughs> the 21st Surah of the Qur'an, uh, covered the, the preface, if you like, the general stories, and then Surah Ibrahim, uh, um, story of Ibrahim, والسلام, story of Dawood and Suleiman, uh, not as such a story, but the main thread. And then we move on to the next set of ayahs today. Let's listen to the ayahs, its uh, translation, and then inshallah commentary with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. And mention Ishmael and Idris and Dal Kifl, all were of the patient. And we admitted them into our mercy. Indeed, they were of the righteous. فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ أَلَّا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ سُبْحَانَكَ إِنِّي كُنْتُ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ And mention the man of the fish when he went off in anger and thought that we would not decree anything upon him. And he called out within the darkness, There is no deity except you. Exalted are you. Indeed, I have been of the wrongdoers. I think we have missed one in this recitation. Where the Prophet Dawood is finished and the Prophet Ayyub is finished. وَأَيُّوبَ إِذْ نَادَ رَبُّهُ أَنِّي مَسَّنِ الذُّرُّ وَأَنْتَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ اور پھر اس کے بعد 84 and onwards. اور یہی ہوش مندی اور حکم اور علم کی نعمت ہم نے ایوب کو دی تھی یاد کرو جب کہ اس نے اپنے رب کو پکارا کہ مجھے بیماری لگ گئی ہے اور تو ارحم الراحمین ہے ہم نے اس کی دعا کی ہم نے اس کی دعا قبول کی اور جو تکلیف اسے تھی اس کو دور کر دیا اور صرف اس کے اہل و عیال ہی نہیں اور اور صرف اس کے اہل و عیال ہی اس کو نہیں دیے بلکہ ان کے ساتھ اتنے ہی اور بھی دیے اپنی خاص رحمت کے طور پر 
اور اس لیے کہ یہ ایک سبق ہو عبادت گزاروں کے لیے اور اب حضرت اسماعیل کی سٹوری شروع ہوتی ہے یہاں سے اور یہی نعمت اسماعیل اور ادریس اور ذوالقف کو دی کہ یہ سب صابر لوگ تھے اور ان کو ہم نے اپنی رحمت میں داخل کیا کہ وہ صالحوں میں سے تھے اور مچھلی والے کو بھی ہم نے نوازا یاد کرو جب کہ وہ بگڑ کر چلا گیا تھا اور سمجھ سمجھا تھا کہ ہم اس پر گرفت نہ کریں گے آخر کو اس نے تاریکیوں میں سے پکارا نہیں ہے کوئی خدا مگر تو پاک ہے تیری ذات بے شک میں نے قصور کیا تب ہم نے اس کی دعا قبول کی اور غم سے اس کو نجات بخشی اور اسی طرح ہم مومنوں کو بچا لیا کرتے ہیں صدق اللہ الدین السلام علیکم شیخ علیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ سو شیخ سورہ انبیاء اٹس لائک ون پروفٹ آفٹر انادر سو آل دیز ڈیز آئی واز تھنکنگ ویر آر انبیاء ان دا سورہ وچ از کال سورہ انبیاء اینڈ دین دیر از لائک یو نو versatility I would say from one prophet with a totally different angle to what uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam his his wit and his usefulness and his uh, wisdom and then from there to the next to the next to the next but what I notice in every uh, start of every story uh, there is one theme which is اور یہی ہوش مندی ہم نے ان کو دی اور پھر وہی ہوش مندی ہم نے ان کو دی سو دیر از ون کامن تھریڈ از ویل ان اردو ٹرانسلیشن ایٹ لیسٹ وچ آئی کین انڈرسٹینڈ آل ہیڈ ون کامن تھنگ ان دم وچ از حکمت آئی تھنک وٹ آئی انڈرسٹینڈ سو یہ ایٹی تھری آن ورڈس ایوب that links them they all have this base quality property of being chosen as um the you know prophets inspired by revelation that revelation obviously has an effect the effect that would have is it confers wisdom it confers um understanding and it confers also in in certain situations the ability to convey that as well so these are universal principles so i think that the chapter if you were to look at it it underlines the things that are the same for all of them and the things mm. that through which they are special or if not special in their own way um tested in a different different perspective from a different perspective different angle so they all have their own challenges um they all have a different workload a different um you know remit as prophets in other words i you say a job to do they all have different challenges that they have to come up with Now, the challenges that are there are different but it doesn't mean that the underlying qualities of them as people as human beings is different because they're all anbiya they're all truthful they're all um inspired by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they all have this quality of um you know intelligence internal intelligence they're truthful and they remain um you know committed to conveying the message so you know with the prophet ibrahim you have this the intellect and the ability to discuss and to debate and to prove and then so you have the kind of intelligence there then when the, with the prophet ayyub ali salat waslam you have this idea of patience with the prophet daud and suleiman you have this idea of of intelligence and and um you know the ability to make judgments 
and also the, you know still this this the deep deep connection to the unseen as well with the prophet Suleiman and Dawood mm. uh, and then you each of them has a very special um, quality for, so for that you'll be we've kind of started and kind of went, went through the kind of major story the major story is not the details the major story is the is the the headline of this person who is chosen by Allah mm. as a message for mankind for everybody that comes after him to show that you know you can't just dismiss a person's obedience and say the person's only obedient to God because of the fact that they are having you know they're living an easy street they're having such an easy life of course he would you know he is a merchant he is you know, has has family, has friends, everything's going well. So of course you'd go to the mosque and pray. You know, mm. is this part and parcel of being accepted? And so people would misunderstand that. And then, you know, obviously the shaitan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the, the 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 permission to test him because you know the shaitan was saying that he's only like this because you haven't tested him. And Allah says, Okay, I will afflict him with pain and difficulties. I will bring him to his knees. In other words, it's not the shaitan. Shaitan is not empowered to do that. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing him. It's not as if Allah says to shaitan, okay, okay, you can destroy him. You can you can do whatever you want to him. No, Allah is the one that tests him. And essentially, Allah is the one that tests us. So, you know, this is a story of a prophet, but it's also a story of ourselves, which is a, a test that comes to us is from God. It's not from, you know, the famous kind of superstitious mindset of a lot of people is that this is as a result of um, a sin that we've committed or as a result of a misdemeanor or, or, or some kind of magical potion that somebody's blowing from the other side of the Atlantic or you know somebody's buried something in which you know we have to find it and burn it and you know the whole superstitious elements that are there are, 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 are a kind of you know there's something that goes back into pre-modern societies where people thought that everything that's unseen has to have some kind of mysterious cause the ultimate cause of everything is God. So if God didn't want to afflict you with this, He wouldn't have afflicted you with it. And if Allah is not going to remove it from you, no one's going to be able to remove it from you. And this is um, the essential story of what Ayyub's going through. So he goes through this extremely difficult period. All his wealth goes. His family is at a distance from him. His friends no longer, no longer speak to him. He's essentially mocked. But also, there's these fingers pointing to him saying, well, this must have been as a result of something you've done. So all of a sudden, you know, his prestige in the community would have disappeared. And what he doesn't complain, he doesn't, he just, he just um, has extreme patience. So there's also this idea of the patience of Ambiya. It's kind of that the prophets are of a nature where their patience is inbuilt. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, says that he called to us and he said to Allah directly that harm has, has afflicted me. You know, Allah is like something that's afflicted and he didn't say remove it he said and you're the most compassionate of those that are compassionate you know it's like it's, it's like the you know the, the dua of the prophet uh, Musa Ali when he's you know resting under a tree and he's been he's he's on the run and he basically says that you know I'm in need of your 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 grace that is going to come to me in other words he was expecting mm. it and, and, the, and the prophet Ayub was expecting it as well because that's the quality of God, Arhamur Rahimin. Whether it's now or later, God will provide the Rahmah at the time that it's most needed and at the time that it's most of benefit to you. So, 
you know, this is, you know, part and parcel of this deep, deep wisdom that is in creation that most people will never understand, which is what happens in the world happens for a reason. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do and it has the prerogative and right to do whatever he wants on earth and in the heavens. This is, you know, the prerogative of the creator. And therefore, you know, when something does happen, you don't say, well, because it's difficult for me, therefore it's a punishment. It may be a raising of the rank. It may be a test. It may be a teaching. It may be a, a break in your life to stop and reassess where you're going. All these things are exactly how we learn. And if you, if you look at a lot of very successful business people, entrepreneurs, you know, they always talk about not their successes, their failures. They always talk about the things, you know, Steve Jobs had a very famous, uh, you know, speech at graduation, I think Stanford University, in which he mentions, mm. you know, the dots. things he learned. I can't, I can't remember the whole thing, but basically... Yeah, the, connecting the dots. He was connecting the dots, yeah. And the interesting was they were all failures. Yeah. But the failures, when you connected them, they were, they were the success that led to him, you know, falling out oh, of yeah. college and being adopted and all these kind of things. Essentially, he realized those things that people would say, oh, do you want your father to send you away for adoption? No. Well, that's what made him who he was. You know, would you want to drop out of university and end up just running about just learning calligraphy? No, you wouldn't, Fonts. but that's what he did. So all these things in hindsight were, but that, you remember, were success. But think, remember, this is worldly. This is like him building up a trillion dollar business. But you know, the moment he dies, it disappeared. You're you're in the you're in six foot deep with the creepy crawlies, and that trillion doesn't help you. What helps you is, okay, those dots that you've got in this life that you should join them up in, in on judgment day and say, aha. Yeah. You know, essentially, give that speech on judgment day. <sighs> you know, everybody, give that speech speech on judgment day when you know when you're thinking, oh, I lost my you know, a beloved friend or family member at that age and then this happened and that happened and I was at my lowest ebb and this happened and then I died. But you haven't joined the dots up. The dots essentially for a believer join up afterwards. You know, mm. so you're, inshallah you're in paradise and you're joining the dots and you're kind of thinking, aha, that was the whole purpose of it. Because, Alhamdulillah. you know... Yeah, so, I mean, that's, yeah, they'll give us the best in this world and the best in the hereafter. Essentially, we don't know. And I've yet to meet anybody that did know. You know, if you've got, you know, afia in your, in your deen and dunya, in your world, you've got goodness, you've got health, and you've got these things, and you're able to be good and, and regular with your obedience to God, that's, that's essentially enough, you know, at that, at that level of understanding. This is what happens with the Prophet Ayyub. He, he doesn't complain and everything's given back to him. Allah says, Fastajabna lahu. We responded to him, we, we answered his prayer. Fakashafna. And it was God that re removed the affliction, not anybody else. Whatever was afflicting him. And he gave back to him not only his family, but everything like it. And as a mercy, this was given to him from ourselves. And this was also a reminder to people that worship. That, you know, why is it a reminder to people that worship? Is that, you know, your worship is not a trade. It's not um, something that you do in expectation of good health. You know, mm. bad health is not essentially God being displeased with you. Maybe it's a test. It's a tuhur. And the Prophet used to visit people 
when they were ill and he used to say Tahur insha'Allah you know he said hopefully it's a purification he didn't say to him he didn't say to them and the Prophet went and visited say what did you do last night or what did you who did you harm that you're ill so this is a proof that you've been you know doing something sinful no he said Tahur insha'Allah you know and the Prophet used to come and they used to leave and so what you have in this chapter is the Anbiya just passing through very very quickly now and it just starts naming them. Ismail doesn't say anything about his Prophet Ismail. We know who the Prophet Ismail is, the son of Ibrahim. Idris, Enoch, the Prophet Enoch. Most scholars would say it's him. You know, one of the earlier scholars. This is, you know, after, beyond, between actually the. the and Noah and Ibrahim. Yes, the Prophet Adam and, and, and Noah. So one of the earlier prophets. And so an interesting prophet. And, you know, uh, Ibn Arabi actually considers him to be the the prophet of philosophers, and he was considered okay. to be the the prophet that started to measure things and and observe natural forces. So it's like the scientific mind of observing the movements of the planets. And so the prophet Adam came into the world just looking and just learning. But by the time of Idris, Ali Salatu Wasalam, he he started to recognize the patterns in creation. And so, you know, Ibn Arabi, Muhyiddin Ibn Arabi considers him to be like the Prophet who, and also the Prophet met him. You know, all these stories are interesting, so many, so many details in, in, in Sahih Muslim. He's one of the Prophets the Prophet meets in, in the Mi'raj, the night journey. And the, in fact, the ascension, which is in the Isra, in the, I think, the, if I remember correctly, the fourth heaven. Um, and so interesting, the kind of stories that are there. Ibn Kathir mentions a story about the fact that he he was ascending, he was he was raised up so high that he was ascending with one of the angels, and at the at the level of the fourth heaven, the angel of death met him and the angel coming down, and he was the angel of death was was commissioned to take the the soul of Idris. He was to, he was ordered, and and, and the, the angel saw him and said. I'm surprised because Allah ordered me to, to take your soul. And I was thinking, how am I going to take his soul when he's on earth and, and you're in the fourth heaven and here we are in the fourth heaven? And then it said that he remained there. So the Prophet, Prophet Ali Salat said that he met the Prophet Idris in the fourth heaven. So the Prophet Idris is, you know, very little known about him. If you consider him to be the Prophet Enoch, then you have all the, the narratives from the the Jewish narrators about him that we have in our books as well. And the Al-Kifl is an interesting one because the whole discussion about him, whether he's a prophet or not, so Anbiya, the fact that he's in the chapter essentially would, would, would tip the balance to say that he is Dhul-Kifl. And Dhul-Kifl is like a, a, a strange name. Kafala in Arabic means to, to protect or to, 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 to take care of something. Also means to <coughs> fold in, into. And there's very little known about him. So this is, you know, one of the interesting things about the chap, the Quran is that it mentions some prophets in a lot of detail, and some of them in a fair amount of detail. You know, some like Idris just mentioned in passing, and Dhul Kifl is just named, and you're left with, you know, if you look but, at the but books, but they, they're all but they're all termed to be the ones who are sabirin. Yeah, so, so these... it's almost like this, this idea that, you know, if you know about them or you don't know about them, if you know the details of why they're sabir or they're patient or they're not, take it on face value that they're all the same. So in other words, at the, at the base level, the, the, the level at which we take them to be guides and teachers, 
and you know people that guide us to God they're all of that basic level that they have you know compassion they have mercy but they also have the ideal quality of sabr which is sabr obviously is required for what it's required when you're conveying something and nobody accepts it the patience of accepting that nobody's not not everybody's going to accept you know sheikh hmm. fair to say that the life that we live becomes optimum once you live a weighty life right weighty life meaning life of substance life which is fulfilling which is visibly fulfilling and uh, life with with a purpose and all of that comes with this, these contributing factors that we are studying of these prophets that they were full of wisdom they had leadership qualities they had submission and now the, the thread is they uh endured a lot of difficulties and calamities and yet they were patient mm-hmm. so the patience makes you who you need to be as a person of substance mm. yeah i mean that's good that's a good point patience essentially is is a, is a difficult path to tread and so you know everybody has to be patient in one way if you if you are in obedience to god you have to be patient and this is like one of the aspects of patience is that you have to be obedient obedient patient in the obedience in other words steadfast so if you've done the daily prayers for today you have to continue with that tomorrow you have to be sabr sabr ala ta'ati is to continue and and give the optimum in terms of your obedience to god and also an aspect of patience is to have patience ala baliya which is to you have that you know sabr at times of difficulty and tribulation so you have to then endure something that's makruh it's something that's a, you know difficult on the nafs is burdening as you as you said it's something that's weighty it's something that is easier not to do so mm. it's easier not not to be obedient if you see what i mean you know mm-hmm. it's easy to relax it's easy but the nafs the ruh and the spirit will will you know feel the missing essence essence of that like you miss the prayers so the gen- general meaning of sabr that we understand is sabr patience is to endure difficulty is mm-hmm. some kind of difficulty that you're in mm-hmm. uh, and when, when you when you hear difficulty it could be illness could be financial could be relationship of some sort three to four but is there a difficulty of masia difficulty of as you said uh, baliya but ta like obedience and also sinning mm-hmm. so is it that patience in related to sinning yes so yeah because i didn't mention i didn't mention that for that very reason if you look to what i said sabr is essentially of of variations but those two that i mentioned are the ones that we consider to be godly sabr so it means that the sabr that we look 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 up to and we 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 try and apply and we try and inoculate within ourselves inculcate within ourselves sorry is in obedience which is to continue to do it because it's easier to let be lax it's easier just to you know take a day off or say well today um you know it's too much for me to do the prayers or to, or to do tahajjud or whatever it is and also it's it's easy just to fall apart when everything goes wrong like the prophet ayubs 
he didn't fall apart. He didn't. He wasn't angry with God. He didn't, you know, essentially go off the path. He remains patient in that. Patient in that. So there's no idea of patience in sinning, because essentially, what does that mean? It means that you're sinning and you're being patient in doing it. There's patience in resisting sin. You know, there's patience in resisting the temptation that the Prophet Yusuf resisted the temptation of Zulaikha, for example. You know, the the Imrat Aziz, the, you know, the, the wife of Aziz. He had that patience to resist something, which again, if you turn it, flip it, it's an obedience. He's patient yeah. in obedience, you understand? And so it comes back to sabr. Sabr in Arabic, you know, it has this old root which is to do with, you know, the cactus plant, you know, the desert environment which have trees. You know, it was, I think it was Mutanabbi that says, لا تحسبن المجد تمرة أن تأكلها لن تنال المجد حتى تلأقي الصبرة. He said, don't think that um, glory and victory is um, like a great, you know, like a date. You know, we have we're going to break our fast, you put the dates. Don't think it's a date that you just eat, you know, just like nice, sweet. He says you'll never attain to, to, to glory until you bite and chew cactus, the cactus tree. You know, yeah. Mm. In other words, you want to be great and you're lying down, chilling out, and you're thinking, oh, I, you know, I'm going to, you know, like a worldly thing, you want to become a millionaire, for example, and you're just having dreams about that. You're watching videos about how to entrepreneurs and how they hustle and all the rest of it and then you just go back to sleep and you wake up the next day you watch another video and then you go back to sleep he's basically saying look if you want to achieve something to get off your you know proverbial seating position and you have to you know go forward and but you have to taste the difficulty of actually um you know there's this um this entrepreneur as a gary v i think it is i don't know if you've watched him yeah yeah, yeah. the the, he's, the, he's the, iran the, the iranian uh, I think he's, no, no, he's Iranian, American, Iranian. Iranian. He's American, and he was, he's always talking uh, American, to American Iranian. I think. Okay. Anyway, he? I think so I'm he's always talking about the fact that people, you know, want to do so many things, but they never do a hard day's work in their life. They never save. They never, you know, work for you know eighteen hours a day, and they just expect to have passive income and all the rest of it. Um, it's the same thing with you know ta obedience. Like patience is a, a hard grind. You know, obedience is a hard grind. It's a, it's a difficult pathway. But it's like this thing that you don't get anything for nothing. Hmm. You know, like you don't get you don't get rich rewards that are worthy of banking unless you have put in the effort. You know, if you've not done the work for it, you don't care if it's lost. Yeah, the like if you earn the money, if you earn the money and somebody blows it, you'll be angry. But if you just found it and, and, it, and it blew, you know, you'll see it, you'll get it again. And it's not really something you earned, it's something for your parents earned or your grandparents or it's through inheritance. And so Allah says, and we 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 pushed them into our mercy. We allowed them to enter into our mercy. And also they were from the people that had salah, which is this purity, this disposition of purity. And then Allah goes on to the famous story of the name, the noon. Um this is the Prophet Yunus, Yunus And this is also you know, a story that you know, in and of itself is interesting because the translation you, you read in Urdu was, 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 um, obviously shows how people understand it. Um, but I always look, look at the Arabic and, and look at how it's understood. 
Allah says, and, and remind yourself of the Nun, when he left Mughadiban in anger, hmm. and he, 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 had the, he assumed that we, in other words, God, now this is, it's all about translation, you know, Arabic is all about translation, it's all about also taking the verse and understand, you know, somebody translates this, for example, this verse, they cannot translate yeah. it unless they, they, they look at the next verse as well and understand what's happening. Because there's only two verses here, but the prophet Yunus, and essentially he's, he's swallowed by the whale, he leaves in anger, he assumes something, and in the, the, the belly of the whale, he makes a dua, very famous dua. Um, a famous dua that we all know. And God then responded to him. And we saved him from his gham is like um, sorrow or his melancholy, melancholy. You know, melancholy is like this. Qalqal is like this kind of um, gham, gham, gham. Yeah, you have it in Urdu, don't you? you have gham. Yeah, gham. So there's a difference between sadma and gham. Yeah, deep, deep sadma sadness. and gham. Yeah, gham is different. Gham is intrinsic, internal, and sadma is because yeah, it's external of external effect of something. Yeah, that's like a shock. Yeah, yeah. but shock. gham is like an internal melancholy and sadness that affects yeah. somebody. So Allah says, وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And this, this is a way that we um, save the believers. Now, I didn't translate a couple of th things there because I just wanted to get the, the kind of general picture, which is, Prophet Zanun is a prophet. Goes without saying. Mm -hmm. He's sent to people. Goes without saying. He, he, he tries to preach to them. Goes without saying that he did that because that's one of the qualities of prophets. They didn't accept it. And he left in anger. So, the whole thing is, you know, when people translate it or, or, or picture this whole story, they, what, they, what they do, and I think mistakenly, is that they say, the Prophet no, sorry, the Prophet Yunus left and he was angry with God for some reason. Okay? And then he thought, he thought that God can't catch him. God has no power over him. And then, as a, as a punishment, he gets swallowed by the, the whale. And in the whale, he realizes his sin against God. And then he calls out to God, I've been unjust. I've been manadhalimeen. I've been from the people that have been unjust. And then God forgives him. He says, And we responded to that and we saved him from his internal sorrow. And this is the way that we protect our, our, our believers. Now, the whole thing here is that, you know, there's words and there's context that is assumed. Now, why is he angry? Yeah, but the Urdu is different here. It's exactly. not what you said just now. Yeah, yeah. No, no, so what, what's the Urdu say? Urdu is to do with that. Well, yeah, yani, he, he was frustrated with his people. Okay, read it again. اور مچھلی والے کو بھی ہم نے نوازا یاد کرو جب وہ بگڑ کر چلا گیا تھا میننگ بگڑ کر چلا گیا تھا لائک ہی ہی گوٹ فرسٹریٹڈ وتھ پیپل اینڈ دیٹس وائی ہی لیفٹ یہ ہے وہ بگڑ کر چلا گیا نا لوگوں سے برگشتہ ہو گیا جو لوگ ہیں ان سے ناراض ہو گیا وہ اللہ سے نہیں ناراض ہوا اور سمجھا تھا 
कि हम उस पर गिरफ्त ना करेंगे यानी अपने लोगों को छोड़ने की वजह से क्या उसने ये अस्यूम कर लिया था कि उस पर हम गिरफ्त ना करेंगे उसकी इस बात पे कि वो लोगों से बिगड़ कर Okay so, so I mean so the assumptions there are you know a couple the first thing is yes absolutely he didn't I mean we have heard it from speakers I've I've listened to a couple of speakers saying this in in, in my you know when I've been there they say that he was angry with god that they weren't accepting the message and god wasn't he wasn't give god wasn't giving him the power to do it and ability to do it ha ha nahi so he's basically he he went off the rails basically look this situation he's a prophet but he just you know like imagine just losing the plot naudzubillah so basically mm-hmm. here's an example this is the way it goes that they will say here's an example that the prophets are exactly like ourselves they can also go off the rails and then they do tawbah and they come back just like naudzubillah a person you know you know leaving islam and coming back and god accepting him i've he- i've heard this story explained exactly like that by a couple of very prominent scholars Okay. speakers not only because scholars obviously speakers and why because it gets the the crowd and the and the audience to say ah he's just like ourselves because i was i used to pray and then i stopped and i went off the rails and i had all these you know ayashi and all the rest of it yeah, yeah, yeah. i had tawba and then i came back and then i was and, and i said la ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu minal zalimin and then just like the prophet guess who yunus astaghfirullah yeah no 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 i've heard Gr- this so many times Yeah, yeah, grift has to leave the duty in frustration, yes. the service in frustration. Yeah, yeah. Subhanallah. Okay. So the whole point here is that this is the prophet, and this is the chapter of Ambiya. Ambiya means prophets. Prophets are, as I said right at the beginning, Ambiya are people who are either giving knowledge of the unseen, which is the Arabic meaning, or the other Arabic meaning is that they are elevated peaks and and um, eminent. individuals at the very high levels of character and then you have this idea of their their, their guides as well so these all three meanings are from arabic so mm. scholars argue which one is actually the most relevant but they're all relevant because they're all meaning essentially the same thing you know because of the fact they're given knowledge of the unseen they are mm. elevated above other human beings and they should be followed it makes much more sense and so if that's the case this this verse for example you know it makes perfect sense from the perspective of a, a prophet you know being unsuccessful and then realizing the fact that he needs to be more persevering and what 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 is then understood is the fact that god is going to respond to a, a need that he had which was essentially this feeling of failure because hmm. gham is like I'm so sorry I couldn't do it. You know, I'm I'm so unhappy that I couldn't achieve something. That's what gham is. Like gham over, you know, a relationship that goes wrong or somebody passed away like a parent that passed when you had a terrible relationship with the parent because of your your actions. And the gham is that you couldn't repair it. You understand you couldn't the sadness is you couldn't do anything about it. So the prophet is unknown is is sad about the fact that he couldn't convey the message. Cuz what is what's the message? Think of it. He's he's trying to save souls essentially and so you know if you think of gham that is gham because you're thinking look at all these people they i've not been able to save them i've not i've been i've been not been i've not had the ability to con- converse with them and convince them and mm-hmm. so the quran says and remember remember make mention of also the prophet yunus when he went in anger against his people because they didn't accept and he then thought as he was leaving 
And also, I mean, the translation you mentioned is, is acceptable, which is that he felt that God couldn't have power in him because that's but that's still a problem. Because qadara in Arabic is also meant is also used to mean that you know straighten and make difficult make something difficult. Naqdira mm. alayhi also means the idea of straightening and straightening meaning restricting and, and make more difficult in your risk, for example. Or making life even more difficult for you. So the Quran talks about this numerous times that and whoever we have made their risk difficult and straightened and hard to get for them. Essentially, that's one of the possible meanings. Both are acceptable, but that makes more sense here, which means that he felt that we could not, you know, further constrict him and further test him. And guess what happens? He's tested. So the thing is. You know, when you translate, you have to see what's happening. The next thing is that he's thrown into the belly of a whale. Hmm. And that is the constricting. And if you think about it, what is, you know, one meaning is to have power over something. The other one is to constrict and, and you know, really put pressure on, you know, it's scientifically, how, how, you know, being the belly of a whale in the depths of the ocean, ocean is, you know, if you know your basics about, you know, if you've got a watch on, you know, you've got, um, this has got zero meters you know, this this is not even waterproof, forget. You know, you have to pay a lot of money for a, for a watch that goes in 100 meters, 200 meters. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, no, this is... And you this know, is... this idea of, this isn't, this is definitely not, this is Seconda. <laughs> um, my, my son wants it from me, but it's, he's not getting it. But it's like, you know, the point is, this constriction and you know, pressure makes perfect sense. And he's and in that place where he's now tested, he realizes that God can put more pressure on him and it's God's prerogative and God's choice to put pressure on people. Because you think he's left, he's angry with the people, you know, he's angry with himself probably. And mm. then Allah puts this immense pressure on him. And when that happens, he calls out in the depths of darkness. Zulumat is, is like a metaphor for the, the, the oceans as well in Arabic. Uh, what does he say? La ilaha illa ant. There's no La God except you. Subhanak. Glory, glory be to you above everything that they mention. I've been amongst those that have been fallen short. You know, you know, it's like humility. It's like, you know, people who say, no, no, he, he did sin. He, he was angry with God. He thought God couldn't catch him. And that's kufr, essentially. If you say that God can't, you know, if I said, if I said this moment in time, I don't think God can, you know, has power over me. That's kufr. Like, I don't have to explain. Yeah. That's kufr. That's clearly kufr. Because, what do you mean? Is God not all, all powerful? If you don't know that God's all powerful, you've disbelieved in God. Yeah. And will a prophet say that God has no power over me? That's a very strange thing for me to hear from a speaker. But essentially. So, Sheikh, the, 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 this whole debate, not it's not even a debate, but there are people who talk about masoom, ambiya masoom hai ya nahi. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, you know so there is that they never make a mistake and the other is that the mistake is never left unrectified mm-hmm. no i mean the, the the whole thing is that a, mis- a mistake is is like you know arabic they have words like zilla which is like a, a khata khata is like missing the mark you have a choice and you make the wrong choice yeah that's not a sin that's like you didn't know yes, better so, like, so. you have an exam and so you that's say, it so that's exactly it so it's missing the mark so the, the, but it's the, also the, zilla. Zilla is like another words that you know Abu Abu Hanifa uses 
And he says in his book on Aqidah, وَقَدْ كَانَ مِنْهُمْ زِلَّاتِ And they used to, they fell into, like they tripped up. A zilla is like you, without intentionally thinking about something, you fall into something that, if you knew that it was there, you wouldn't fall into it. Like, or you, there's something on the ground and you trip over it, if you knew it was there, you wouldn't trip over it. And so Abu Hanifa in his book, Fiqh al-Akbar, he says that, وَقَدْ كَانَ مِنْهُمْ زِلَّاتِ and so that means they did fall into things that we, we consider to be, it would have been better for them not to do that. But, intentionally, yeah, so the, 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 you know, the verse, Abu Sawatawalla, you know, Sayyidina Umar, you know, he heard about somebody reciting that in, in the prayer constantly, and he, and he, and he, and he said he would <laughs> have them whipped. Because what is he trying to do? Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. I'm sure there's mosques in, in England that don't do that. Allahumma Newly graduated. Um, so, Abbas Abba is the perfect example. The Prophet was ordered to convey Convey what has been given to you from my Lord. Basically, to the people that if they accept it, everybody accepts it, which is a, you know, the, the leaders of the Quraysh. And he did that. And in doing that, perhaps out of the desire for people to accept Islam, that would mean that other people accepted Islam. Or if they accepted it, they stopped torturing and killing people, which was essentially happening at the time. Was, that was actually what everybody should have done. So the Prophet was only taught there that, you know, in the, the wisdom of God and in the decree of God, these people will not necessarily become Muslim. And in God's eye, a, a blind person is far greater than the person who is a chieftain of a whole, whole tribe. Yeah. It's this tarbiyah. That's this like perfect, you know, deep, heartfelt like, tarbiyah of a parent, which is telling a child who's trying and trying and trying, don't do that, shout. You just shout to them and you say, look, don't do that. Because it's not important. And so in this situation, it's exactly the same. What happens is that this creates um, this kind of deep sorrow within the Prophet um, Yunus. And so Allah says, we, res- we accepted his, no, we, we responded to him. And we protected and saved him from his internal state of sadness. Hmm. The sadness of not being good enough. You know, like a... You know, like a child thinking they're not good enough for the, the parents, you know, aspiration for them. That gham that's deep, deep, deep down. Allah says we saved them, saved him from that. وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِي mu'minin. And it's in this way that we protect you know, the people that believe. And so what you find is that story resonates in so many different ways for people. Not in this kind of popular way that's now becoming prevalent, which is this trend that says, you know, in order to get people to practice who are not practicing, um, you know, this this kind of, this trend that goes about, which is, you know, if you've fallen down and you're sinful, don't worry, because there's so many prophets that were in your, in your, in your, in your shoes as well. Look, look what happened to them. They were yeah, saved. and it's just, la ilaha illand. Yeah, so the, the point is, the point is, people really do have to think before that they use that kind of methodology. Because essentially, it, you know, you know, People, the, the state of people are, is always been in that situation. It's not as if, you know, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, people were angels walking about. Or even, you know, the first, second century that that was the case. There was, there was sin and everything going around as well. There was extremely pious luminaries, but also there was sin. Um, but the thing now is that, and I'll, I'll say this, and it might make sense to people. We're living in a hyper-media-driven culture. Where gimmicks and you know, kind of steps to get people to practice and to 
you know, be good people needs to be changed and used in different ways. You need to have different ways of getting people's attention or teaching people or expressing ideas. And so, you know, with the prophets, the perfect thing is, you know, look, everybody, the prophets are for, for us, they're human beings and, and they're exactly like us and they did the same things we did. But don't worry because you can be like them because the sins that they committed, they repented from and therefore you can repent for your sins and therefore everything will be okay. Now, the whole point with that is you, 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 make, you create one benefit, but what you do is, and, and people don't even think about this, you've essentially negated the whole pu purpose of having a prophet in the first place, which mm. is when they were sent to a people, if the people they were sent to thought that they sinned and then they were in a sin, they would never follow them. So are Akhida infallible? Prophets are infallible? Not, infallible meaning they never intentionally disobeyed God. That's infallibility, isma. And if, and if, as you said, in a very kind of different way, that if they missed the mark, that was mm. checked and rectified and recorded. Yes, che checked and rectified by themselves and recorded. Yeah. yeah. So what never happened is that they intentionally set out to disobey God, because the whole point is, if they did, and the people knew about it, on the day of judgment, Allah says, "I sent you this prophet." And, and they say, oh, well, did you know what he did? Mm. And the story, then so, so, so what's so the purpose basically, of sending a person so the, the, that they can't the, be the, Yeah, so the seerah of Anbiya and the seerah of Prophet Sallallahu is to be followed in its letter and spirit because there's nothing in the story of these prophets that would be a guide for us where they had you know, quote unquote, Mr. Mark. That was yes. only to tell us that they missed the Mark, but they checked, rectified, and clarified. Yeah, so it's and like, you know, the, the that, story that, of that part doesn't become an example, as, as you said, you know, this is not an example. Oh, yeah, you can do what you want. And because prophets did as well. Yeah, and you, and you also have to think what those things were, because a lot of, a lot of these instances are from Judeo-Christian Judeo sources, which we're just put, you know, books of tafsir are filled with these examples, but they're not from the Prophet. So we have authentic narrations from the Prophet, such as, you know, the big long hadith about the, the Day of Judgment, in which, you know, the Prophet is describing the, the people going from one prophet in the future to another to seek intercession and for the, the judgment to start. And, they, and in that context, the Prophet said that the Prophet Ibrahim only ever told three lies. And so, you know, Right away, people think, well, there, there it goes. This, a, a lie is a sin. But if you look at the three lies, they weren't lies. That's the whole point. Mm. The whole point was the three things he said were never understood by anybody to be lies. He was trying to do something by, you know, using what we would say, we call a white light or, or, or a half-truth. But in Arabic, it's something different, which we call tawriya or ta'rid. Ta'rid and tawriya are slightly different, but they're essentially, you make out that you're saying something when your intention is something else. You know, so mm. you're trying to save something or save somebody like he was trying to save his wife in one of the instances and the other instance he's in fact we covered in this chapter, Kabirun Hada, that the big one, you know, the big idol did it, destroyed the other idols when he in fact he knew, they knew he didn't do it. That's not a lie. And also when he said Inni Saqim in the Quran it says that, you know, he said, I'm, I'm ill. When they were asking him to go to a festival of pagan, pagan festival, he said, I'm ill. 
It wasn't a lively excuse to get out of it. And so, you know, all these examples and the and the Prophet Musa when he you know he he punched the 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 slave owner or the or the or the kind of um, slave driver and, and killed him. He didn't intend to kill him, and it wasn't a sin. He was protecting somebody who's being beaten, but his punch killed the person. You know, if you went to court today, it would be it would be the, the most manslaughter. But if you think about it, if somebody's being attacked in that way, and it's a slave, and the person attacking them is a slave owner with a whip, you know, which human, which you know, which which you know, which human being would not, you know. Essentially, if I was there, I would do I would do worse, and I would consider that to be the, the least of, you know, chivalry to do that. So was that a sin? You know, the people think of and some I was somebody in, in one of the classes I was teaching recently asked the question. I can't get. He said, or she said, I can't make sense of how that's not a sin, until it was explained to them what's happening. Like they thought he killed somebody. No, he didn't. He, he caused the death of somebody who was who's basically. Torturing somebody with a whip, a slave, and so to the least honourable person would step in. And but then he left. What? But then he left. He had to run because he would not get a fair fair trial. He was told by fugitive. He was actually told to leave because you would not get a fair trial. And he was he okay. left essentially under the guidance of God. It wasn't as if he was fleeing. And so once you understand the, the context, you're thinking. That is the height of chivalry and courage, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, if that gets so it's nine thirteen. It's a minute to nine. So Okay, so that brings me to this. I'm um, you're out of job, you can't get married, you're a fugitive, you have nowhere to stay, make this dua. You're in kind of deep skin condition or kind of really bad illness of some sort and you've been abandoned and then you remember Ayub's story and make this dua several thousand, hundreds of times mm-hmm. and you'll be out of it. And then you get uh, the story of Hazrat Yunus alayhi salam, where you have missed the mark. Okay, that's a new one for me today, and I'm going to keep using it for the rest of my life. When you've missed the mark, and that's what khata uh, means. Khata means to miss the mark. Khata. Yeah. So there is khata, and you get checked, and you get into trouble, and you say sorry. La ilaha illa ant Subhanaka inni kuntu min zalimin. And you say it several hundred times, and with this belief that you're out of trouble. Is this the utility of these du'as as well? You're saying it. You're saying you say it that many times you get out of trouble. I'm just asking, and this is this is a custom. Kuch ho gaya, banda jail mein hai, drugs bechta bechta. Kisi ko mar diya, and then you say it 124,000 times. And the entire family gathered around with with the with the dates, um, and you know la ilaha illanta subhanallah mm. with the belief, and inshallah they will be out of trouble. Mm. So how how do I understand this custom and culture that we have been 
inherited almost. I mean, you know, that, that 124,000 recitations with a family I'd with date stones, for example, if it comes with Inshallah. Okay. The whole point is the whole point if you say it once with with uh, the sense of brokenness and need from God, the whole point of dua is look, if you understand what dua is then you've answered the question because dua is essentially exhibiting your needy your needy state in front of God. Hmm. So once you've done that you've you've ticked the box. So Submission. If, you, if, you made the, if you if you if you make this dua, oh Allah, I, you know, you, there's no God except you. You know, may you be glorified. I've been amongst those that have wronged themselves. If you said that once and you and you really meant it, and it was direct. That's it. In Kisar, you've dead, you've done it. And essentially, if you feel that you want, that will leave for a, a couple of days because you will re, you'll be really cut up, as they say. You'll be so ashamed of yourself that that dua. Essentially, if you get to that point, that's dua, and and to get that point, the dua is the dua is accepted. Meaning, not that what you ask for is going to happen, but your slave, your your servitude to God has been established. And once that's established, you don't really care about whether you remain in prison or not, or whether the thing works out or not, because the whole purpose is to worship, not to get results. Allah Akbar. Bar, no, the point, oh, I mean, it's, the point is that if, if you make it as a barter, then if it doesn't happen, then you're saying, well, I did it and it didn't work, so I need to go to another shop, like go to the Hindu, you know, Brahmin priest, and he'll give me something better to do because it's not working. You, you know, it's like buying something from online and it doesn't work, and you return it and you go somewhere else to another vendor. Yeah, if religion yeah. was like that, you'd, be, you'd have this merry-go-round of people going from one place to another. The reality is, oh, Allah Lord. is... Submission. You know, yeah, consistently saying And in this way We save those that are believers Like mm. the whole thing You have to go through the difficulty of it To, you know, at the end To come out successful And so You know, the dua is essentially Just there, you know, this is what the Prophet said Dua is the, is the You know, the, 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 the Essence of worship so basically, it's dua's worship. It's not. It's not a, an asking situation, even though you ask. Translation of translation of inkisar. Inkisar is, is brokenness. Brokenness. Subhanallah, inkisar. Brokenness. Munkasir. Pieces, pieces, chote pieces. Yeah. So somebody that is like you know, you always think we're proud and strong and self-sufficient, but you know when you fall apart. To chupa chupa ke narakise. تو چھپا چھپا کے نہ رکھ اسے تیرا آئینہ ہے وہ آئینہ جو شکستہ ہو تو عزیز تر ہے نگاہ آئینہ ساز میں آئینہ means دل تو چھپا چھپا کے نہ رکھ اسے تیرا آئینہ تیرا دل وہ دل ہے جو شکستہ ہو تو عزیز تر ہے نگاہ آئینہ ساز میں so only when it's broken is it does it have the inaya of God and the sight of God Allah so Allah. essentially, it's like um, you know, there's the you know, if it wasn't broken, then you would have no one to come and fix it. Allah is the fixer of, you know, He's the one that yashfi qulub al mu'minin. So Quran says He's the one that you know gives this 
healing quality to the hearts of believers. And so, you know, our task in life is to try as much as possible to be constantly in a state with God of being munkasir, of being ajiz, of being in need. And everything that helps us do that and every situation that God places us in which we're like that is where we should be. Where we should be. And so it's like, you know, some people need to go through difficulties to do that. Some people have it through ease. You know, like, you can imagine a person that, you know, it's only through difficulties and living through tribulations that they find that closeness to God. And there's also people that it's only through ease and happiness that they find that same quality. And you'll think, oh. how is that possible? It's because they would rather not be in a state of ease and ha happiness and, and, and a fulfilled normal life. And they, internally it hurts them to be like that, but that sabr in that da'a of being, you're still doing your prayers, you're still worshipping, you're giving charity. So if that's where God has placed you, that's where you have to stay. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a very deep space. In other words, you could be a king and you're surrounded by the most opulent, you know, surroundings there are. Your, 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 your kind of dream is just to walk about barefooted in Medina Manawara. But you're just, that's where you are. That's where God has, you know, imprisoned you. And you'll think, you're probably listening, thinking, how's he imprisoned you in that? I know plenty of people that oh, yeah. in that state of affluence and power and authority, and they at the slightest moment, they would love just to drop it all. It's like, you know, actually came to mind, Abdul Hamid II. He used to cry that he couldn't just become a poor carpenter. Because he was a carpenter. You know, Abdul Hamid II was a master carpenter. And he used to, you know, make, um, use his hands to make, you know. And he had, he had in, in his um, workshop, he had Yanoha. You know, yeah, Noah meaning oh, the Prophet Noah was the was the, um, the, the, the you know the kind of prophet of carpenters as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like in, in Turkey, for example, the carpenters have the Prophet Noah as their emblem, and and the haircutter hairdressers have um, Sina Salman al Farisi as mm. as their because um, he used to you know be, be the barber of the Prophet Allah. And so you know, Abdul Hamid II, the greatest late. Ottoman Caliph, you know, he was so caught up by the fact that he was in, in such a position of authority, but he realized nobody else can do it. And so many oh. times his daughter actually mentions that my father used to cry, wanting just to live as, as, a, as, as, a, as, a, as a poor person in, in Madinat Nawar, just like just to walk the streets. And he couldn't, because he had to live the, he had to live in a way that inspired the awe and fear of the European powers at the time. But that was his sabr. He couldn't have left his duty otherwise. That's, that's what I'm be, saying. Though. That's my point. You know, his sabr was in the, in the affluence. The Dolma, you know, thinking Dolma, Dolma Bachi Palace. What sabr do you need to live in a room which is the size of a football pitch? Yeah. But yeah. guess what? Not everybody's like you. You know, not every, everybody's covetous of the world. And there are people of that. Now, I, I know people, I, like I know lots of people that I've been blessed with meeting that have been extremely rich or powerful who are essentially in this state of um, unease and yeah. unhappiness because they have to stay there because the good that they can do there is far greater than their personal, you know, it's almost like a shahwa. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like a desire or, or a kind of, 
it's, it's almost like you're worshipping yourself, that you want to do what you want to do, but God has placed you in a position where you have to stay where you are. And this is what a lot of the community, the Muslim community doesn't understand. They think you know, the, the pious ruler is, you know, the pious leader is the one that doesn't take any, you know, is living in, in a one-bedroom house, or etc., etc. No, the pious one is doing what is in the ben- benefit of the of the people he's serving or she's serving. It's only two minutes and you have started something really big, Sheikh, subhanAllah. Hmm. مختصر قصہ مختصر جہاں پہ خدا نے رکھا ہے اس سے بہتر جگہ کوئی نہیں بس اس کے علاوہ شہوت ہے مانگنا بھی شہوت ہے اللہ صلی اللہ محمد ولی محمد وبارک وسلم مصطفیٰ جان رحمت بلاکوں سلام اچھا یار آج کا یہ پروگرام ریفلیکشنز جو ہے وہ ہمارا جو ینگ آرٹسٹ ہے لاہور بیسڈ علی اس کے بردہ شریف سے ختم کرتے ہیں جہاں بھی ہو وہیں سے دو سدا سرکار سنتے ہیں سرے نہ سنتے ہیں پسے دیوار سنتے ہیں میں سد کے جاؤن کی رحمت للعالمینی کے پکاروں چاہے جتنی بار وہ ہر بار سنتے ہیں میرا ہر سانس ان کی آہٹوں کے ساتھ چلتا ہے میرے دل کے دھڑکنے کی بھی وہ رفتار سنتے ہیں مظفر جب کسی محفل میں ان کی نعت پڑھتا ہوں میرا ایمان ہے وہ بھی میرے اشعار سنتے ہیں مولا سلی و سلیم دائمن آبادن اعلیٰ حبی بی کا خیر خلقی کلی ہی می یا رسول اللہ حبیب اللہ امام المرسلین یا رسول اللہ حبیب اللہ امام المرسلین کوئی بھی بات ہو ہر حکم ان کا معتبر ایسا کہ ان کا ہاں نہیں کہنا بھی ہے قرآن کے جیسا حدیث پاک کہلائی جو باتیں آپ نے کہی مولا یا سلی و سلیم دائمن آبادن اعلیٰ حبی بی کا خیر الخلقی کلی ہی میں